Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of The Life I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today's episode, we speak about the five phases of peak performance your clients go through to get results. So contrary to popular belief, sometimes even if your goal is to lose body fat, to lose that stubborn belly fat, it's not always a good idea to go straight into a fat loss phase and into a calorie deficit. Sometimes you need to take a more health-centered approach, which I spoke about in last week's episode, and do something that we call metabolic restoration. So on today's episode, what you can expect to learn is the five different pillars or phases that our members go through from start to finish in order to get the results they want, but most importantly, to sustain it long-term. If you did get value from the show, you can follow me on Instagram for more um, daily content. So my Instagram, it's Mac Lifestyle Fitness, it's MC Lifestyle Fitness. And if you're not already doing so, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify, I would appreciate if you drop me a follow and you subscribe to the show. It is the only way the show will grow is through word of mouth and people like you spreading the word and following the show. But that is all for this week's intro. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifter Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today I want to speak about five phases of peak performance you need to, or, or members go through to get amazing results. So last week I spoke about metabolic restoration. Today I want to speak about metabolic restoration and go through that in a bit more detail. If you didn't check out episode 105, I believe it was last week. 105, I think. Uh, please do check that out because I speak about metabolic restoration in much more detail. But today I want to speak about the five-step process that our fat loss clients go through to get results. Now, some of our members come to us and they actually want to gain strength, they want to gain size. The process for them is somewhat similar, but also different in terms of like caloric intake. Um, particularly that's going to be the big thing and maybe just the type of training that they do. But this is for any fat loss client who comes with us and who wants to work with me one-to-one. So the first phase is always metabolic restoration. And metabolic restoration, the ultimate goal in this first phase is just to get your metabolism back to a healthy point again and correct any imbalances which may have been caused from following restrictive diets in the past. A lot of people, they just want to go straight into a fat loss phase, but sometimes your body is not ready for it. And if someone has been following a chronically low calorie diet for too long, that can slow down your metabolism, cause metabolic adaptation. And if you want to continue on doing that, it's like, okay, you've already been at, would say, for instance, in a guy situation, it could be you've already been at 1,800 calories. Do you really want to go straight down to 1,500 calories and keep going into a deficit from 15 to 1,400? Where's the end point? I was talking to someone yesterday in the gym and look, everyone to their own, but his coach had him on as low as like 800 calories. This is a guy now, a guy, you know, 75, 80 kilos, 800 calories as low as that for, I don't know, whatever period of time. That just doesn't work with my members because most of my clients are busy working professionals. They actually have to perform in a job. They don't do this full time. They want to look better. They want to get a bit leaner. They want to look a bit fitter, feel more confident in their clothes. But they don't want this to drastically impact the quality of their life or you know have a negative impact on their performance of work. So 
the first thing that I would always do is do what we call metabolic restoration. And my goal with metabolic restoration, it's not necessarily to put any client into a fat loss phase or to, into a calorie deficit. It's just to restore the metabolism by getting their calories to a good, adequate amount, usually around their maintenance calories, maybe sometimes a little bit below, and just have a good solid foundation where there's no drastic increases between weekdays and weekends. We just want consistency. Because what a lot of people they come to us, they say that, you know, they're quite good Monday to Friday, but then they binge eat at the weekend. And it could be a case that, you know, there are 2000 calories for five days the week. And then that just balloons up to 4K over Saturday and Sunday and you repeat the cycle. What metabolic restoration is all about is just consistency across weekdays and weekends. And as I said, this can last for, depending on how long someone's been dieting, it might only last for a few weeks to a few months, depending on their individual members. So for instance, I spoke to a lady before, and I know I brought this up previously in the podcast that she was just on straight, she went straight into a fat loss phase, which is phase two for us, but she went straight into that, which was 1100 calories uh 15k steps a day and just do that every day for eight weeks maybe some element of strength training incorporated in there and yes she lost weight but then once she came off the diet she absolutely ballooned up in size regained all the weight and then added some more on so that's why it's not always a good idea to go into a fat loss phase and particularly if you've been following an unsustainable or restrictive diet before. Regardless though, I will typically put someone into a metabolic restoration where we just want to have some good nutritional habits, some good foundations in store. And again, the goal isn't necessarily being in a calorie deficit. It's more so just keeping the calories as high as possible for as long as possible and having a diet that's rich you know, with protein, good macro micronutrient profile and just have a nice consistency with their nutrition. Once metabolic restoration is intact, the second pillar then is what we call fat loss acceleration and performance activation. So with the fat loss acceleration, this is when now, okay, now we can get into a calorie deficit. Now we can actually kickstart the fat loss process, which the ultimate goal is when anyone's in a calorie deficit, your goal should be to eat as much food as possible, maintain as much muscle mass as possible while being in your calorie deficit. So what I'll typically do with a deficit is I'll have to really carefully look at the macros and carefully look at their caloric intake. And again, as I always say, the goal is to keep the calories as high as possible for as long as possible. For instance, for me with the bodybuilding show, I built my leanest ever physique and it was averaging 2,200 calories for for the duration of, of my show. So it lasted probably 15 weeks, I think, 15 weeks overall. Um, and not all of that was at 2,200, but for the last seven or eight weeks going into my bodybuilding show, my calories are more or less at 2,200. It was like 220 grams of protein, something similar of carbs and the remainder in fats. Fats were very low, like 40, 50 grams. So, you know, considering the 800, 800 um, calorie story that I just told you about the guy I spoke to yesterday in the gym, 2200 is nearly 3x that and with fat loss acceleration my preferred macro split again it depends on the individual client depends on their overall caloric intake but something like a 40 40 20 protein carbohydrate and fat split i find typically works better in and around that range because protein is very very satiating and <clears throat> when you're in this fat loss phase you want to maintain as much muscle mass as possible if you have a low protein diet, that's going to be much, much harder. So by keeping protein high, it's first of all, <clears throat> excuse me, it's first of all going to improve your satiety. So you're not, you're going to stay fuller for longer. It's also going to keep your, keep, um, help you preserve your muscle mass. 
And then obviously with your carbohydrates, so carbohydrates, 40% roughly as well, because carbohydrates drive your performance in the gym. And as you're in a calorie deficit, naturally enough, when your calories decrease, that can sometimes come with a decrease in energy. It's part of the process. That can sometimes come with, you know, you not wanting to always go to the gym. That's also somewhat part of the process. Like for me with the bodybuilding show, I know most none of our clients, I don't coach any bodybuilding clients. So what I'm explaining is an extreme is an extreme story of this. But what was my previously highlight of my day was like one of the worst parts of the day going to the gym because when you're in a deficit for so long, it can you can lack a bit of motivation, lack that bit of drive, lack that bit of energy to go to the gym. Comma and that's normal. Like you have to ask yourself too, are you mentally ready for this? And did you think that, you know, losing this body fat, it's going to be easy. It's not always easy. It's actually much, much easier to maintain, which is where I'm at at the moment, rather than actually lose. But with fat loss acceleration, that's the ultimate goal that, okay, we've restored the metabolism. We're at a good, healthy point. Now let's actually focus on fat loss. So what I'll typically do is put our clients in like roughly a 20% calorie deficit. So let's just say if someone's maintenance calories are... 2,500, a 20% calorie deficit would be that we reduce the calories by roughly 500. So that'd be 2,000 calories a day. That's a rough overview. And then a macro split of 20, 20 or 40, 40, 20 protein, carbohydrates and fats. In terms of the training then, so when you're in a fat loss phase, I'm a big believer in <clears throat> having different caloric intakes in different days. What do I mean by that? So your training day and rest day calories, in my opinion, they should be different. Like when you're going into a leg session in particular, you're going to expend a lot of energy. And that's why, okay, it might be 2000 calories an average a day, but that could be sometimes where you have higher and lower calorie days, where some days you might go up to 2200, like after a leg day, other days you might go down to 1800 on like a rest day where you're just doing maybe some low impact walking. Once you're in that weekly calorie deficit, that is the most important thing. But I'm a big believer in doing what we call just adjusting your calories on both training and rest days so that on the training days, you could train that bit harder. You can eat a bit more food because you need it for the recovery. Knowing that on your rest days, then that you won't need as much calories, you won't need as much food. So therefore, your expenditure isn't going to be as high and your calories probably don't need to be as high as well. Some principles that we follow for the fat loss phase would be that we train each body part two times a week. We focus mostly on the main compound lifts to start off the session because like the Great Pyramids in Egypt, everything is built with a good foundation. And for a lot of people, you can get a really solid foundation by focusing on some of the main compound lifts. So that could be a squat variation, that could be a hinge or a deadlift variation, that could be some form of a bench press, that could be some form of a chin-up, that could be some form of a row, shoulder press, all of these big compound movements. And the reason they're called compound movements is because they train more than one muscle group in that particular movement pattern. So let's just say you're doing a squat, and sure, it might train your quads, but it's also going to train your glutes, your erectors, your low back, some even your hamstrings to some degree. So that's why it's a big, big compound movement. And isolation exercise, accessory exercise are also very important because what they will do then is they will help fill in the gaps. So compound movements are great for like just building overall general size and strength. The problem is that sometimes it can be hard to really isolate and feel the muscle. And that's why adding some accessory exercise and isolation exercise really comes in. So the way I like to program is, okay, what is your main compound lift of the day? And that could be, let's just say for a leg session. I'll go through a sample leg session. So your main compound lift could be a barbell box squat. 
my thought process then for programming will be okay for our second lift then what's an accessory exercise that's going to help improve the barbell box squat well the barbell box squat is a bilateral movement so you're performing on two legs so what if we do a unilateral or single leg exercise something like a bulgarian split squat where we're focusing on one leg or one exercise at a time it's going to build the glutes it's going to build the quad and it's also going to develop unilateral strength all right, so that's like a accessory exercise. And then when it comes to isolation, okay, well, what are some areas that maybe we're somewhat limited with that we cannot target or hit with the barbell box squat? So your calves, for instance. So isolation exercises are good for throwing in at the end of your workout. That could be some calf raises. And that's like just a general process. Obviously, there'd be more than three exercises because you got to do some hinge movement. So you'd obviously put in, we'll say in a sample leg session, you could put in a hinge dominant movement as well. And then they could do some machine-based ones and then finish with the easier isolation exercises. But your program order does matter. Your program order does matter, particularly in the fat loss acceleration phase, because when you when your energy is at its highest at the start of the workout, that's when you want to be doing the exercise that will give you the greatest bang for your buck. And a good sign that you are making progress in this phase. One of our members, Johnny, he sent me a message. So again, the um Whenever I'm programming for a client, I'll always ask them, how confident are you in a scale of one to 10 that you can definitely 100% get this amount of workouts in? So if someone says they can, they want to do four workouts and they're at least 80 to 90% sure, I'll let them go with that. If someone is below 80, like 70%, I'll say, let's go with three and we can have the optional fourth. That way then, because if you commit to, and the, the greatest element or the greatest thing that drives our human behavior is consistency. Consistency bias is saying you're going to do something and actually doing it. So it it's going to stack confidence in your favor when you say you're going to do four workouts and you do four workouts. But anyways, going back to my story, one of my members, one of my guys, he said he wants to do five workouts. But after going through metabolic restoration, after going through the, the starting of the fat loss acceleration, he was averaging like, you know, a kilo weight drop nearly per week. And he was just seeing results. He's building momentum and he wanted to keep going. He wanted to keep going. A good sign that you are enjoying this phase is when, like Johnny asked me, can I work out seven days a week? So motivation comes from results and results come from progress. And that's a good sign that, okay, when you're making progress, it's addictive. And for anyone in this phase or just anyone listening in general, if you're in a good routine at the moment, just keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Once it's in motion, it stays in motion. So after a second phase, so metabolic restoration, fat loss acceleration, performance activation, phase three then is when body transformation comes along. And that's that's the point that everyone wants to get to, but you have to go through the first two phases in order to get there. And what I think about body composition or body transformation is, you know, how far do you want to go with this? Like, there is an extreme level, which none of our clients have ever done, and that is like stepping up in stage and bodybuilding. Bodybuilding lean, I can tell you from just my own personal experience and photo shoot lean, there might only be like a 4 to 5% difference in terms of your body fat percentage, but in terms of effort, I would go as far as saying it's upwards of 40 to, 40 to 50% more. Like it's just, you cannot take any shortcuts. So for body transformation, a lot of our clients, what well, I'm so excited about it, March 23rd, of doing a group photo shoot with some of our members. They want to get photo shoot lean, where for guys, you're probably in that 10 to 12% body fat. That's like where you've got visible abs, but you're still able to eat some foods that you enjoy. For girls, roughly 20 to 22% body fat. And 
the real focus in this phase is to do the minimal effective dose of strength training because as you're in this body transformation phase as your calories may adjust over time that can obviously then have an impact on your energy and your performance level. So we want to make sure that we're doing the minimal effective dose of strength training. In other words, what's the least amount of work we can get away with in order to maintain these results over this body transformation phase. And that's why programming is so, so important that you can't always simultaneously add and subtract at the same time. Like you can't add more volume and then subtract calories and expect, ex expect the results to always be the same. It doesn't necessarily always work like that. What I will then do in the body transformation phase is do something what we call metabolic priming. And that is where we have diet or refeed breaks. Because as I spoke about before, when you're in a calorie deficit for too long, that causes metabolic adaptation and metabolic slowdown. In other words, where your body would adjust to being in a low calorie diet for too long by doing what we call metabolic primer what we might do is let's just say a client is on a 12-week transformation or 90 week, 90 day transformation journey we could do something like four to five weeks where we're in a calorie deficit and then one week of maintenance and repeat that and the good thing about diet or refeed breaks or metabolic priming is that it gives you a nice short-term target to aim for and you can also like cinch them around holidays because again, our clients, they're not full-time fitness professionals. They do go away. They do travel at work. For instance, with teachers, I'll always try to have their refeed breaks in and around there, like the midterm break, the Easter break, uh, summer holidays, Christmas, etc. So it fits into their lifestyle and schedule. But that's just a little suggestion for body transformation. For anyone on a calorie deficit, I do recommend having some diet or refeed breaks. That can be something as like five weeks on and one week off, or it could just be that you have some refeed days. So let's just say, for example, you have two higher calorie days where on a Thursday and on a Sunday, you increase your calories and carbohydrates by 200. I know for me, when I was doing the bodybuilding show, every Sunday evening, I would have an extra 200 calories because Monday was always leg day for me. And honestly, those 200 calories, you would really feel the benefit of them the next day. So that's metabolic priming. And what we're aiming for with body transformation is that a 10% reduction in body weight over 90 days. So let's just say someone comes to us, a guy, 90 kilos, what we want to aim for is roughly nine kilograms of loss over 90 days. For a girl who might be 70 kilos, roughly seven kilos of loss over 90 days. There are some general metrics that we aim for. After body transformation, phase four is lifestyle integration. And the big question here is how do we maintain it? So as I mentioned before, with one of our one lady that I spoke to on the phone, that she did lose the weight, but she wasn't able to maintain it. So I spoke to another girl and she was working with a coach working out five times a week doing five cardio sessions she was also a full-time accountant working a full-time job so basically she was in the gym before work she was in the gym after work and she got amazing results she said like unbelievable results in 12 weeks but then the coach didn't coach her through the after phase which is lifestyle integration or reverse styling and a year again, you can tell the story. You can already guess she put the weight back on. She actually went for liposuction afterwards, which, you know, so, so defeating from a mindset perspective. So this is why this is why I've stopped doing primarily for the most part 12-week programs because for any kind, it's definitely possible to get great results in 90 days. But I always say it's not about the after photos. It's about the after, after photos. And that's why it would actually be immoral and unethical of me for to just take a client on a 12-week transformation and then not coach them through the aftermath. 
I will tell you from first-hand experience, it requires just as much dif- um, discipline, this lifestyle integration phase, after you finish a diet than it does going into it. Because, again, going on to an extreme level, for me with the bodybuilding, I gained four kilograms, four kilograms from one quote-unquote cheat meal. Now, I did lose some of that again. I know part of it was like water weight, carbohydrates, etc. But your body is so, so receptive. And that's why it requires a lot of discipline. Like you'll see some people at an extreme level bodybuilders and they can gain like 20 pounds, 20 pounds inside the first three or four days because they lack the discipline. And that's why you need to have a coach in this phase in particular. This is the most important part that you can maintain it. So what we do in this situation is we do what we call reverse dieting, where we gradually increase your calories after being in a calorie deficit with the goal being to boost your metabolism Um maintain as much muscle mass, minimize fat gain, and get you back to your maintenance calories as quickly as possible. So what I'll typically do is I'll increase calories by two or 300 initially. So let's just say someone finished a fat loss phase at 1800 for a guy. We might bump them back up straight away to 2100. And then we'll aim to add maybe 50 to 100 calories per week. But this is all going to be based on outcome-based decisions. So we look at the outcome. Okay, how's your weight fluctuating? Is your weight not going up too much? We can push that bit more. If your weight is increasing too quickly, we got to hold and just keep it here for another week so it's really going to be based on the photos based on your body composition and based on your overall body weight so again the goal is to slowly add calories back into the diet particularly increasing protein because what you'll often find after a fat loss phase is your hunger levels will be through the roof sometimes so what i like to do is really push protein like because i said at the start it's going to improve satiety and minimize hunger and then keep the carbohydrates and fats balance those out again um, and then that's where you need to monitor your body weight, your body composition. So what I want to recommend in this phase is that you is that you take weekly progress pictures and have a weekly average of your weight. And one of our members, for instance, just as an example, he's a guy working 40, 50 hours a week, a dad of two children. And we could have probably pushed a bit harder, Stephen, for the fat loss phase, for the body transformation. But the lowest we went in terms of his calories were 1,800. And when he's filling out his check-in form, we were at 1,800 for the last two weeks. His hunger levels were quite high. And just maybe his desire and will to keep going, he just didn't really want to do it anymore. So at that stage, we said, look, we'll call it a halt. We can go into the reverse dieting phase and increase your calories slowly, sustainably. So we increased them by 300 initially, 2,100. He's now at 3,075. And there is very, very minimal, minimal increase in his body weight and in his body fat. So that did take a bit of time. We didn't just get to 3,075 straight away from 1800s. That's a recipe for ballooning up in weight. You got to do it slowly. You got to do it sustainably. All right. The final phase then. So phase five, after reverse dieting, we're able to maintain the results. We're able to maintain and make this a lifestyle. This is what we call lean bulking. And this could be a place where some people start. So again, uh, this is this pro- this podcast primarily focusing on fat loss. So lean bulk and the ultimate goal is to add lean muscle mass while with while minimizing fat gain. So you don't want to be going into you know lean bulk and it requires a discipline in itself because your greatest impact on your the amount of muscle mass you gain will be your performance in the gym, and that's going to be measured by the number of hard sets that you do. So you have to have 
good energy going into the gym. You've got to be, you know, training at a good volume, a good intensity, and you have to earn the right to gain muscle. You have to give your body that stimulus in order to get that response. So that's why a calorie surplus of roughly 300 calories is going to be enough to allow you to get into that lean bulking phase. So for any firm members who are in the lean bulking phase, again, the goal is I'll keep protein at roughly two grams per kilo of body weight, try to keep carbohydrates as high as possible, and then usually fats equate to roughly a gram per kilogram of weight. Again, it varies per client. And the goal is to really pack on as much muscle, as much size as possible while keeping and staying relatively lean. So a good indication of lean bulking done right is when your senior performance improve in the gym. So one of our guys, for instance, he said to me last week, he squatted 100 kilos for reps for the first time. That's a good indication. He's in a lean bulking phase, 3,500 calories. That's a really good indication that you're lean bulking and you're doing it right because you're sitting, you're hitting PRs in the gym, you're training hard, you're managing your fatigue, you're managing recovery, but you're also having some good performance goals. What I will say for anyone in the lean bulking phase is really focus on performance-based goals more so than aesthetic-based goals because sometimes you can get in your own head when you're seeing yourself increasing body fat a small bit. It can be sometimes a bit disheartening or demotivating, like, God, I'm really making progress here. But if you focus on your performance, the looks, the aesthetics will generally come with it. And remember, what I say to all of my clients in my check-ins is when I'm going through these different phases, they're all just that. They're all just phases. Fat loss is just a phase. It's probably the hardest phase of all. In my opinion, lean bulking is the phase that it's been most enjoyable for me in a personal standpoint because calories are high, training is good. I'm enjoying training. Energy is good. Um, seen some changes in my strength. Yes, there's an increase in body fat, but again, it's just a phase. It's not going to last forever. So that is all for this week's podcast. So I hope you found this valuable. I just wanted to share some more insights and, you know, you might have some takeaways. So for some people, your takeaway might be, I'm not just going to jump straight into a fat loss phase. Maybe I need to encounter metabolic restoration. So just our five pillars are metabolic restoration, again, fat loss, acceleration, performance activation. So that's when you're going to start noticing changes in your body composition, increase your performance in the gym, start feeling better, start moving more, start wanting to do more. Phase three is body transformation. They're the before and after. That's actually getting the results that you desire. Phase four is probably the most important. That is lifestyle integration, reverse dieting. It's not about the after photos. It is about the after after photos. And then phase five, that's what we do, the lean bulking phase, where you want to pack on as much muscle as possible while minimizing your fat gain. So that is all for this week's episode. If you did find it valuable, if you share, if you enjoyed the show, please pop me a message on Instagram. My Instagram is at MC or Mac Lifestyle Fitness. That's MC Lifestyle Fitness. Pop me a message. Let me know what you thought of the episode. And if you do want more information on working with me one to one base on a one to one basis, you can either DM me on Instagram and just let me know you've listened to this episode and you're interested in learning more. Or I'll also post a link or an application form where you can apply to work with me one to one. That is all for this week's episode. I really hope you enjoyed and thank you for listening.